day. Hump day. I, I mean, seriously, you almost could tan today. I was worried about driving into my hands, getting too much sun. The last day of January. It's wild. The long month ended. <laughs> yeah, people are out and it was hitting easy. golf balls yeah, today, I, I saw. Yeah. yeah. Pioneer Creek is open. Jeez, I was talking to my friend in Florida. Um, I'm going there tomorrow. And um, I'm just like, wow, it's 71 there and it's 49 here. Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> not, that, not, not that much of a change. 53 right. now, so really is only we're really? less than 20 degree difference in Florida. Wow. Crazy. <laughs> that yeah. is, that is crazy. crazy. All right, Julia, Golden Bachelor and what? our song of the year, which we didn't expect to win. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, I was surprised a little bit about the Golden Bachelor going down. Yeah, kind of. But mm-hmm. maybe people did have Golden Bachelor fatigue. And I know a lot of people who were super pissed at Gary after right. that Hollywood reporter came out. Oh, I know. I know. Gary, 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 Gary. Gary. Put a stain on the Golden Bachelor, but succession won. Yeah. And those last four episodes were absolutely epic. And, I still haven't seen him. And I was Someday. surprised the little boo thing didn't win. I was too. I was too, but you know, Flower, that it is the a, most streamed song. It had all the numbers on its side. Yeah, from last year. So well, we are, it was last, I think it came out last April. So that's why it felt it had been out. It was like, oh, the summer song got released in April. Right. It was a good song. Well, yeah. here's the standings of the My Tuck Awards. Um, the Academy came out today with something from yeah. Left Field. Yeah, what was and it? And it was announced that... Um, if you're just joining us, we're doing this award thing that we've already had all the voting has mm-hmm. already happened each day this week through Friday. The winner will be announced on Friday, probably at nine eight forty five. Yeah, uh, when they announce the last uh, categories winner. But we have to, in addition to everybody's going to pick up a pe- an hour shift from the winning team. Okay. Um, we now have to dress like them. like the winning team. And oh. so there was a little bit of a conspiracy theory. I felt like it was calling Lindstrom um, saying maybe um, it's us because they already know the winners and they said dress like us because we'd be fun to dress like. I agree with that. We, but yet I can't yet, think of how anybody else would dress. Well, we'll figure it out. We've done a Steve before. Yeah, well, you know, Bradley, I know. Bradley jeans and a Bradley Jason. Yeah. We can find a little yeah. Mickey something and some stripes. No, you're um, wearing a suit and a tie. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. <laughs> I am. You're wearing it, but you're right. He has beautiful suits and ties. Yeah, but I does. just so that came That's out. A but funny I. Conspiracy. But so right now, here's the leaders' board. Don and Steve have two. You and I have two. two. Um, Bradley and Don have one, and Jason and Alexis have one. Mm-hmm. Now, the remaining ones... What do we have tomorrow? Let's just focus um, on tomorrow. See, now that would be interesting. The comeback of the year. And is it breakout star of the year? Or or asshat of the year? No, asshat is the Friday. last day. I think it's what the hell. WTF. Yeah, tomorrow. So, Ozempic. Ozempic, yeah, ours. because that was just like... I mean, I, feel, I can't tell you how many people have said to me, why, why the hell wasn't this around... Ten years ago. I know. It's and changing. It's a life changer. you have seen Saltburn, because that was Jason and Alexis' pick for WTF, what do you think of that? The dance scene? Mm, I don't know that enough people have seen Saltburn, the MyTalk people, to vote for it. Right. Because it only started streaming, like, maybe two or three weeks right. So right when we were voting. Do you feel a category we're going to take home? Yeah, I, I feel good about Brittany, Brittany okay. being, you know, okay. taking back her life this year. All right. What did we say the two categories were for tomorrow? Tomorrow, I think. Comeback w- and WTF. It's actually comeback and um, uh, 
Breakout star. Breakout star. Oh, Those breakout are the two. Star. Breakout star oh, and comeback. Oh, then it's the Taylor Swift effect. Oh gosh. If people understand what that is, but it yeah. keeps oh, happening yeah, and it keeps to. happening and it's, it keeps, it's got it keeps entire, getting bigger. It's got an entire group of people in arms thinking it's planned. Yeah, I know. Isn't that the it's silliest just thing? So many silly things. This mm-hmm. poor woman, she's just great. She's just living her life. She doesn't care. Yeah. She's happy. You she, know, you know what? I think you're right. Yeah. One of our people, um, you know, that already won Margot, Margot Robbie took home best actress and actress. I can almost speak actress. Wow. And mm-hmm. I own the My Talk Awards. She broke her silence, sort of. Yeah. On the snub of the Oscar nomination. She was at a round table panel. At I think a, it was a SAG after it? It was. Mm-hmm. It was. Um, this morning and or yesterday morning, and she was asked about it, and she said, There's no way to feel sad when you know you're this blessed. Very high road. Beyond Margo. ecstatic that we got eight Academy Award nominations. It's so wild. Obviously, she goes on, I think Greta should be nominated as a director because what she did is a once in a career, once in a lifetime thing. What she pulled off, it really is. But it's been an incredible year for all the films she added. Yeah. You know. But that that is that is that is true. I mean it it will there will be people there will be people that are gonna go back and dissect that because um, it's just feels like out and out sexism on the part of the director's guild not to give a nod to Greta Gerwig. Just like, yeah, she just directed a doll about a, a movie about a doll. Like what Oliver Stone, when he was complaining yes, that Ryan summer. Gosling, not last summer, last weekend, he was oh. bitching about Ryan Gosling stooping as low to play a Ken doll. And then Ryan goes and gets a yes. Academy Award nomination. Yes. And, and Mr. Oliver Stone, Though I think was speaking for like a lot of people in the Directors Guild, which are 80% male and 80% over the age of 60. I thought you were going to say 80, 80 over 80. Yeah, well, it might be 80, 80 for Brady. 80, yeah. 80 for 80. All but right. anyway, good for yeah. Margo. And, and of it's course, true because it, it was a once in a career, yes. once in a lifetime. Hollywood doesn't make $1.5 billion movies that are standalone stories that right. are created from original from the right. you know director's mind and her co-writer noah it was it, yeah yeah so, and so of course she, her. was of ken course there was ryan gosling at the panel i don't know if he okay. was there i he was know. nominated for an upcoming sag awards her fellow actors did nominate her that's right she's nominated right. for best actress for You're right when are, when are the sag awards Lori? <sighs> february How easy we forget yeah because there is no they don't have anything going on. We don't even know the streaming. Yeah, is February twenty third or okay. something 24th, like that. Yeah, twenty fourth. It's a Saturday. So they don't. I don't. Maybe it's going to stream on Netflix. Ever since they lost their TNT TBS partnership, right? They've had very little. They've oomph, had very oomph, including the lack so of Petit Moi. This and, year they will stream live globally on Netflix. Oh. So you, if you have Netflix, this is Netflix's new thing because they just signed up. Remember, they've been slightly integrating live yeah. things because yes. now they're going to be doing the WWE every Monday Everyone Night Live. Everyone seems to have that. Yeah, thing. so now they're doing live. So mm-hmm. it's on Netflix. And if sure. you don't add it, you're a house where someone's parents are paying for it. There you go. <laughs> right. <laughs> It'll be uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, so 7 p.m. our time here. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I think that's how it did it. La- it streamed last year on I Netflix. So. Was it YouTube last year? I it know was YouTube. YouTube. Yeah, YouTube. I think you're right. So they, yeah. they got enough numbers to get Netflix to say, okay. Yep. We'll throw yeah. some cable your way. Yep. Yeah, we really, we really got like the Golden Bachelor got such a low percentage. I was just like, wow. 
I mean, it was so low compared to the other shows. I don't think it was that low. It was like 19 or something. That's not that low. When the winner is only 36%. Oh, all right. Yeah, I mean, or something like that. It kind of really gets divided with, there's a pretty, I think there's only been one truly close race. Yeah. And I can't remember what it was, where it was just like a couple percentage points. Right. But otherwise, it's a solid 10%. It's a solid 10. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we come back. We both did our homework. Uh, it's a story we can't get enough of. You're listening to Lori and Julia on my talk. Lori and Julia here with Ann Tressler of Tressler Law. Now, Ann, we've heard that January has one of the highest rates for divorce filings than any other month of the year. And I'm wondering, is this because of the holidays, because of the new year starting? What's the deal? I think it really is affected by the holidays. I think a lot of people who are at a difficult point in their life try to maintain status quo for the sake of the children and the family during the holidays. They get through it and they kind of say, this is kind of my last straw. I need to move on. And again, you have your New Year's resolutions and it's the idea that now I can make those changes I need to and make a fresh start in my life. And if some of our people listening are thinking about divorce, what should their next steps be? Well, I really encourage people to start educating themselves. Start really gathering information and knowledge of their financial circumstances. A lot of people rely on the spouse to take care of it. Start educating yourself on that to be prepared. It'll also be more cost-effective during the divorce proceeding. Call Tressler Law for your free one-hour divorce consultation. Find them online at TresslerLaw.com or use my talk keyword divorce. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Not 1995, it, or 85, you're right, Laura. It is whatever year, 2024. Um, but we both, I think, we're absolutely delighted watching the new documentary on the making of We Are the World called The Greatest Night in Pop that's on Netflix, narrated pretty much by Lionel Richie. Fantastic. Oh, my word. It was, it was, it was so good, and it really is impressive to think, first of all, how Lionel Richie and Michael Jackson wrote really an epic anthem, you they know, like of a song yeah. in no time at all. How they got everybody together, thinking back to 1985 and, you know. I loved I how loved it. they, you know, the Rolodexes. That and, made me laugh because if you think back to 1985, there were no cell phones. There were, and everyone traveled with their Rolodexes. When we started here, we had three of them. Yeah, we did. Diane um, had a huge. We Rolodex. had three of them. But that when you would go travel from like New York to L.A., you would bring a huge suitcase with all your Rolodexes with you. Well, if you were I, in that, if you were in the business, you yeah. know, I just kind of laughed because the Rolodexes were king. Well, just it's impressive how they got together. You know, made the greatest charity hit of the '80s and. 
you know, this super group of people that were there. It was fascinating footage of watching Bob Dylan oh. look so uncomfortable and mumbling oh. the words when everybody else was lustily singing oh. made me laugh. Okay, that was uncomfortable. I felt so bad for him. In a way, but but Bruce Springsteen kind of tried to get him out of his thing, but really Stevie Wonder really helped him. He vocalized how the Bob how Dylan solo line in Bob Dylan's voice because apparently Stevie Wonder can mimic anybody. Amazing. And he showed him how to do it. And yeah, it was... He looked so out of everyone there. He looked the most he uncomfortable. Just so- and... and, and, and um, What's his name? Waylon, Waylon Jennings. Jennings. He left. Yeah. Yeah. But really, I was I was shocked that he, well, he's very shy, I guess. Obviously, that's what I was picking up. But so, I just to go back a little bit. So, Lionel Richie and Michael Jackson go way back. They were Motown kids. And I thought it was so cute, his little anecdote stories. Well, well, it, well Michael was a Motown kid. I mean, it, Lionel's older than him he by is, 12 but he, years. But they knew each other. From for, the Motown yes, days. from yes. the Motown days. I don't want to give away everything about their relationship, but I, I thought it was just the snake story. Amazing. A python okay. story. Um, with Grant, the making there was of a this. snake story in there. There was a monkey story in there. There were... Um, <laughs> stressed out Lionel Richie. Stretch out Quin- uh, stressed out Quincy Jones. Yep. Um, but amazing, fun detail about the orchestration of how they figured out all these voices who would go where. And they put it together on such a little amount of time frame with Bruce Springsteen just closing his tour the night before mm-hmm. and all these people being in town for the American Music Awards, which Lionel was hosting and ended up winning. And he said they used to be badass awards. They I did. Loved it. But I think of... His energy and commitment, because he had, everyone was exhausted. They started recording at like 10 at night and finished at like 6 in the morning. Some of the people got to leave earlier, just the chorus people. Yeah. But I mean, that, it was just amazing. I I loved the, you know, there's some juicy scandals. I don't want to give everything away no. because I think it's so much fun for people to watch. But um, these were, this was just, it is so delightful, you guys. Everyone's going to like it. If you grew up in that time and you knew these guys, to get that many people in one room, you wonder, and Lionel Richie, if you remember one of the quotes he had last week, mm-hmm. said, with the way people's voices are right now, it would be really hard to differentiate. Differentiate people's tonality and yes. stuff. Because people use yeah, such I mean, a different way of making music now. The soloists, the people who got to sing a line or maybe three, but yep. Lionel Richie, Stevie Wonder, Paul Simon, Kenny Rogers, and Dion Warwick. She sings first, then he comes in. Tina Turner, Billy Joel, Michael Jackson, Diana Ross, Al Jarreau, Al Jarreau Bruce Springsteen, uh, Kenny Loggins, Steve Perry, Daryl Hall, Huey Lewis, Cindy Lauper, Kim Carnes. Ray Charles and of course Dylan. And I like they did not want Madonna there. Ken Cragen did not invite Madonna and was- she won at the AMAs. Cindy Lauper was considered a better vocalist than Madonna. Mm-hmm. The truth hurts. Yeah. Wow. The tr- even back then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The truth hurts. But it, that, wow. wow. I know, but Grant, seriously. It's so good. You, you, this is probably too early for you. These aren't uh, your people. No, I know Cindy Lauper. I mean, I, yeah, all, I, know. My mom, I mean I, I'm yeah. right in that your generation. Your parents would probably love this. But not, yeah, my parents would love it. I know. I remember singing this song in the choir at my oh. school. We all sang then, this Yeah, song, you, you know? should see how it all came together, because you cannot believe 
all the superstars in one room and nobody had assistance. Nobody agents. had agents. Everybody came in. Quincy Jones put a sign, taped up a sign, leave your ego at the door. Right. These are all people, you know, at the top of their game or have been, you know, like the best of the best, basically. And I guess she, Sheila E., which she divulges on camera about that night. She never had divulged. I don't want to give it away. I don't want to give it away. Um, but I love the story about Diana Ross started the autograph rush. She yeah. went up to Daryl Hall and said, can I have your autograph? And then everybody started having people sign, sign their, their sheet music. Yeah, I thought that was so cute. And remember, that's really cool. no it cell is. phones. Everyone had that's, to just be present. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No yeah. That's yep, so everyone cool. just had to be present. I, um, you know, of the people, there's... Um, Tina Turner was the 10th singer who died, who was part of that, mm-hmm. um, because Ray Charles, Waylon Jennings, Harry Belafonte, the Pointer Sisters, um, Michael Jackson, Al Jarreau, James, James Ingram, Ingram. Mm-hmm. you know, it was, I just loved it. I, I, loved I loved every it minute. Too. They have such great footage. I mean, they have a, and so the people who today sat down and talked about it, Sheila E., um, Oh, who is that? Um, the Lewis. guy that doesn't look like him. Who? who oh, uh, Kenny, Kenny Loggins has had quite a bit. He had a brow lift. He, and amongst other things, he yeah. does not look like himself. He doesn't even resemble Mm-mm. his younger self in any way, shape, or nope. form. Um, but he was funny. And Huey, Huey Lewis, that's kind of a great story within the story about it is. him. Yep. He was very funny. And I was just struck again at what a powerhouse singer Cindy Lauper was because oh of the gosh. part she sings. Yeah. And really Bruce Springsteen. Wow. And he, he looks so cute. He looks so cute. I was doing everybody's age. I was like, oh, he's 32. And yeah. Bob Dylan's the oldest one yeah. there. You know, I mean, or maybe it was Kenny. Willie Nelson at 50 years old. And Willie was the looked, oldest there. He looked like a child. Yeah. And he's he 50. Looked, he looked in, and, and um, Billy Joel. Mm hmm. He's a little man. Yeah, and you're arriving with Christy Brinkley. I know. I forget how many, how many, how much shiny material we all wore in the '80s. Oh, I forgot about all the shiny. <laughs> oh, there was there was a lot of shine going on. It yeah. is really one of those things. It was. It was good. You yeah. know, I told Casey. I said I've I've got show work, homework that I think you're mm-hmm. going to like, and he's like, "What is it?" <laughs> and I said, "It's a music documentary." It's the greatest night in pop. Yeah, I said it's a music documentary, yep. and I. We do enjoy watching that. I, I think a lot of people do. Well, you know, like watching a good music documentary. It's very satisfying. It was so satisfying yeah. because it was. It wasn't. It, you didn't have to just like one person. There was forty something other to choose from. Mm-hmm. And, and fact, a couple times, Tina Turner just looked like she was blowing her bangs. Like, all right, when is this going to be oh, over? Come on, right? Um, when when Stevie Wonder started singing in Swahili. Oh. And, Somebody said they don't even speak Swahili in Ethiopia. I know, but that was a moment. That was that was a funny moment. This is just a really it's good. great. It's very good. And Huey Lewis is isn't he partially deaf? Because he quit singing. He has some. He, is he has some hearing problem. He has something. He that, couldn't uh, hear his tone. Yeah, that's right. That allows that makes it impossible for, for him, him to, to sing. sing. But he was on the red carpet, and he is one of the highlights of this documentary. He looked with great. His, his hair color, everything about good. him was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I love that Kenny Rogers and Diana Diana Ross were the only two people to wear the Africa the shirts we the that they shirts. were giving. Yeah. yeah. At that, even though they knew they were getting recorded, yeah, kind of it was kind of fun. Yeah, I just really enjoyed it. I thought that was excellent.
people and how much money it's raised and still raising and in eighty million dollars or something. And Ray Charles was funny. I mean, these and Stevie Wonder's funny. It's really good. Mm -hmm. It's really good. The greatest night in pop. You got to see it. By the way, eighty-seven is when Lewis suddenly lost all of his hearing in his right ear, and he could still perform until twenty eighteen. When then he lost his hearing in his left ear, and that has now caused him to cancel all of his remaining performances. Wow. He was a great. He was a great part of this tribute, though. Cool. This documentary. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk with Kristen Anna, best-selling author. Hey, everybody, Lori and Julia here for Chanhassen Dinner Theaters. The hit show Jersey Boys is closing in less than four weeks. There's still remaining tickets. This is such a phenomenal show. It is. Valentine's Day is approaching. What a fun place to celebrate. Take in the Jersey Boys, have a grasshopper, a beautiful meal, and have a great Sinatra Valentine with the, with the Jersey Boys. Or you could go to Stevie Ray's comedy improv show. Great dinner packages are included. And, I mean, it's just so lovely. And we're Supper so excited about the next big show coming to the main stage. It's beautiful, the Carol King musical. It opens March 1st. You'll hear all of the Carol's great songs, So Far Away, The Locomotion, I Feel the Earth Move, You've Got a Friend. But you also then get this incredible story of a young girl from Brooklyn who sells her first song at age 15 and goes on to be a two-time Rock and Roll Holler of Fame. This is an amazing show. Amazing. Go to ChanhassenDT.com. Chanhassen Dinner Theaters, always entertaining you. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com slash special offer. All lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. We can't, we can't listen to that music. We're so excited and deli- delighted to have New York Times bestselling author Kristen Hanna with us with her latest hit, which we already have decided, Kristen, it's the best book of the year, The Women. Hello! Hello, thank you so much. It's so nice to see you guys. Oh, I know we've never seen you in person because we're doing this so that people can enjoy this interview. Because I don't know if this is like maybe the fifth time we've talked to you about one of your books, but it's so fun to see your face. Well, thank you. You too. Yeah, I always look forward to talking to you guys. Oh, your book, The Women, unbelievable. This is everything. Um, Lori said, we're calling it the best book of the year. Mm-hmm. We both read it in a day. It's it's a big one, but it is, Kristen, you are so magical with words, and you've told us some a part of history that none of us knew about. And can you give us kind of the setup, or what made you, let's start with, what made you even want to write this story? Well, you know, I actually, I first pitched this, uh, the idea of a Vietnam-era story, in 1997 to my editor. And uh, she basically said, you know what, you're not ready, you aren't good enough, the world doesn't wanna hear about Vietnam right now, 
you know, think about this and come back when it's the exact right moment. And, and I knew that she was right on all counts. So I sort of shelved this idea. Um, and I think the reason that it was so important to me was I was a kid during the Vietnam era and it cast a huge shadow over my childhood. Um, one of my best girlfriend's dad was a pilot who was shot down and missing in action. And so back then we wore these prisoner of war bracelets, yes. bracelets, right? Yeah. And so, you know, here I had his name and, and the day that he was lost on my wrist for years and years and years. And so I just was always thinking about it. And then, of course, for those of us who lived through this on any level, we remember what it was like when the vets came home. And it was just a really, you know, difficult, contentious time in American history. And so I've been wanting, you know, to write this story forever. And in March of 20, so I had just finished my previous book, The Four Winds, and, and turned it in. And I was watching the news and we were in COVID lockdown. And so we're, you know, isolated and tense and, you know, feeling weird. And, and America was just chaos, you know, mm -hmm. Very much. anger and division. And I thought to myself, boy, this feels this feels like the Vietnam era again. And then I was watching, you know, our nurses on the front line of the pandemic and how exhausted and overworked and, and how courageous they were being for on all of our behalf, right? Mm -hmm. And so it just struck me, okay, this is the moment. Vietnam feels relevant again. It feels like that era has something to say to us. And so I just started writing. It, We're so glad I, you did. I can't oh stand gosh. it how good this is. We've made everyone, you know, read it around the office. I'm like, you have two days. You got to return it. Get it. Get yeah, because the book isn't out yet. It's it out, not until next Tuesday. I know. The book, if you're just joining us, we're with Kristen Hanna, New York Times bestselling author, The Nightingale, um, Firefly Lane, amongst many, many others. Um, and her latest book is The Women. Kristen, can you give everybody a setup for just kind of tell everybody about the story? Oh, it's so good. Yeah, this this is a novel that is really designed to shine a light on the female nurses who went to serve in the Vietnam War. And it's a story that, like many of my stories for the last few years, is about um, a time in history where women's contributions have been forgotten or overlooked. And so the story is, I you know, I take a a very naive 21-year-old California girl who's just become a nurse, and she follows her brother to Vietnam, thinking that her service is a way to give back. You know, she was raised in a family that was very proud of their World War II and World War I family service, and so she assumes that, you know, um, that they her parents and her community will be proud of her service. And so off she goes, and she is completely unprepared for war. She's unprepared as a nurse, as a woman, as a human being to be thrown into this firestorm. And so, you know, she, she really, I think, comes of age and becomes this amazing nurse and, and has these friendships 
with other nurses that will sort of last the whole of her life and define her. And ultimately, she comes home to an America that is incredibly divided and very angry about the war, and nobody wants to talk about her service or, or show gratitude for it. And she is dealing with, um, obviously, undiagnosed, untreated PTSD and trying to get help with that. And, you know, all of the Vietnam era vets had that problem, but the women even more so because they were another layer of invisible. Right. And not even, I mean, I was like shocked when I reading and then in your acknowledgments, you know, that, that our government didn't acknowledge that there were women in the Vietnam war and over 10,000 served. That's just astonishing. And that, that she tried to join the Navy and the Air Force before and they wouldn't take women. And the Army ultimately said, get on this plane tomorrow, we'll take you. That blew well, me away. The, the, the other branches would take her. Oh, but not. They just wanted her to have some experience yes, before right. they sent her to war, right? So it was the Army who said, sure, you've never really worked in a hospital. Go ahead, <laughs> oh, you know, oh. you'll be great. I mean, you must have, Kristen, talked to, I mean, I read that you you did talk to some nurses that served over there. Um, I mean, because you really feel like you're there. You mm-hmm. really feel like you're there. I mean, the trauma. I love that, Frankie. I, I love, love I love her. I love her girlfriends, Barb yes. and Ethel. I mean, and I love Jamie and Rye. We love Rye. <laughs> um, but it's just, you feel like you're there. It really, you're so wonderful in crafting these really rich characters that we can somehow empathize with cheer on um be worried about and at the same time this is a brutal story you know it is i mean it's tough and it was tough to put frankie through everything that that she went through honestly because i adored her she's probably (laughs) my favorite heroine ever and i just wanted her to be okay, to be happy, to be in love, you know, to have all the things she wanted. But once I started doing the research and I was talking to these nurses who, by the way, I was with them in um, in Washington, D.C. for the 30th anniversary of the Women's Vietnam Memorial, cool. which was started, um, founded by a nurse who served over there, Diane Carlson Evans. And I mean, I just felt it would not be fair to these women who had endured so much and who had proven to be so remarkably strong and yet had also had to deal, like we said earlier, in the shadows with the brokenness that they felt coming home, you know, from war. And so it just felt like I really had to show what it was like for this generation of veterans. And even, you know, one of the things, I mean, you always tell an epic story, but I like, you know, because the story kind of starts, you know, we're still in the mindset of it's the late 50s, early 60s. We don't really know what Vietnam is. People are being lied to. Maybe people in the power were lying to themselves. But you really set up the stage of showing where we went from kind of the Eisenhower, you know, and then going into this Vietnam and how society changed on every level. 
Yeah, and that was one of the things that was so interesting for Frankie and these these veterans because she goes over, she does a two year you know tour of duty, and she kind of it it feels to her like she leaves in a 1950s world and returns to you know the summer of love and 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 the hippies and the protests and and nothing feels the same to her, and that's how fast. The world was changing there and as you point out this was the moment this vietnam question was when americans began to understand that their government would be and could be lying to them mm -hmm. about something as important um that was causing you know the death of americans and you know i put in the book there's this moment where i think is a real watershed moment in the era where Walter Cronkite in the middle of the broadcast says, what in the world is going on? Mm -hmm. um, and that's the moment when everyone starts saying, well, what's going on with this war? Right. And, and so what happened, I think, is in, in Americans, you know, anger about this war, they, they stopped respecting the warriors and the soldiers. And, you know, that is, I hope that is, one lesson that we have learned yeah. and, and that is the thing that would never happen again. Yeah, it, it was really, you know, because we from a historical fiction standpoint, um, we have read a lot of books and you've written one on World War Two and how women served and women, you know, did all these different things. Even in World War One, we've had books. We've never had one about Vietnam. It's so moving, Kristen. We do have to take a quick break, but we're lucky enough to keep you for two segments today. If you're just joining us, we are with our hero, and we're such huge fans, Kristen <laughs> Hanna is with us. Her latest book, The Women, I'm telling you, uh, everyone's going to read it. Yeah. And um, we're so delighted to have you with us. Can you, we'll hang out. We'll be right back. It's Lori and Julia and my talk. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. We can't wait. We've got to come back. Apparently, our mics were on during the whole commercial break or something. Kristen, did you hear all of our questions we were going to ask you? I did not hear any oh. of that. Oh, okay, good. good. My good. friend texted me from the car. She goes, we can hear you. What you're thinking, what we were thinking is, what does this feel like to you? I mean, this book is touted as bigger than life. I mean, this... A million gonna, copies you're gonna sell, printed. So you're gonna, Warner Brothers has optioned, snapped it up. The book isn't even out yet. What does it feel like to have written such an amazing book and telling this story? You know what? What's 
what's different about this? I mean, obviously, I've been doing this a long yes. time. This is like my 20 something. Very good block. at it, by the way. <laughs> Chris and <laughs> Hannah, if you're just joining us. <laughs> Hopefully, I'm getting better as I'm getting older. But what's really amazing about this book is, is just the whole speaking to and speaking about and shining a light on the veteran's service. Um, it, that's what feels really different about this book. You know, it feels like it's, it's time for this story to be told, like people are ready to hear it. We have whole generations who don't know anything about the Vietnam era because it wasn't taught in school. It wasn't, you know, it, it wasn't written about a lot, mm -hmm. especially from the female perspective. So I just feel really proud to be able to, to bring um, this story to light and to shine a light on, on this, the service of this generation and, um, and hopefully teach, some, teach something along the way. It, it, in, in, a, in a delightful way, reading a novel, you know, exactly in a delightful exactly. way, like you always write these really wonderful stories about women. And um, the book is called The Women. If you're just joining us, Kristen Hanna, bestselling authors with us. You know, um, Lori, you had a question. Well, I did because you always do. Like, I mean, it's still one of my our favorite books. We keep wondering when the Fanning girls are going to get the Nightingale made. Um, but uh, one of the things that makes reading your book so rich is that you do do meticulous research to give the story, the honesty, the everything that, you know, you feel like you're in that story. I'm wondering what were the maybe two or three compelling things that you found out in researching this book about w women in Vietnam or just Vietnam in general? You know, it was it was a fascinating book to research and absolutely terrifying because I knew, of course, that there would be people reading this book who had been there and not just a couple here or there like World War Two, right. you know, or the Dust Bowl, that there yeah. would be big numbers of people who would know if I was right or wrong. And I felt such a deep obligation you know, to try to get it right. Um, and, and I had a lot of help along the way. But one of the things that was most interesting to me in terms of the research was I kept reading when I got to the nurses' memoirs, which were amazing, um, and I've listed them in the back of the book because I think, you know, people may want to read more about mm -hmm. Yes. Um, but all of these memoirs kept saying, or most of these memoirs kept saying, that at some point these nurses would either go for, try to get help or show up someplace, and they would be told that there had been no women in Vietnam. And as I was doing my researching, I kept thinking that simply cannot be possible. That just, it has to be, you know, an exaggeration because don't we all know that women have been at war, you know, since the Civil War? That, you know, we know that there are nurses at war. We've seen MASH. We know there's China Beach. So right. yeah. I think they must have known. And yet when I actually spoke to the nurses and, you know, talked to them about their experiences, almost everyone I met could remember the moment, both that they were treated badly upon coming home, usually in the airport, and the moment when they were told there were no women in Vietnam <laughs> by people who ought to know better. Wow. That's just, that, 
that blows you away in the story too, because you can feel Frankie just like what? Yeah. Don't you know what I just went through? I mean, come on, come on. You know, um, if you're just joining us, we have to say it a lot, Kristen, because people are tuning in. Uh, the Women is the is the best book of, we think of 2024. Mm-hmm. And Kristen Hannah, the one of our, you're just one of the best authors. We're we are so honored that you're on with us. Um, I found some like kind of inter- silly questions, but I just kind of kind of intrigued me a little bit. But how do you come up with the names of your characters? You know, it's the strangest thing, um, naming, because it seems like it's not important. And yet I have discovered that it is crucial. And I have tried to write books where the names didn't didn't work somehow. And uh, and then I have to start over at some point. It, it all falls apart. This particular one, I came up with, you know, Francis being called Frankie very early on. And and I really struggled with it. I really fought it. It was like that wasn't a name that made sense to me. So I tried 15 other names wow. along the way. And ultimately, she just kept saying, I'm Frankie, and you just better get on board. Because I just, we kind yeah, of have never right. asked that because it's it always just, it's there. And so you don't think about it. But that that's interesting. Did you, like, do you have, because we know that this was already sold to Warner Brothers, your book. Um, do you have a preference? Because we, I, I love Firefly Lane. I love that. And it's on Netflix. The two, I loved it. And we are waiting for the Nightingale. We know we heard rumblings that'll come out this year with the Fanning sisters. True fact. Well, you know, we had it, everything was going in place. We were about two weeks from filming yeah. in, um, in Europe in March of 20 mm-hmm. and so it got shut down and then it started up again. And then it was, the writer strike, yes. and then it was the actor strike. So I keep saying I, I'm an eternal optimist, but I truly believe that 2024 is the year that we will film the Nightingale. Yay. Okay, and so we've got you know everything seems to be in place. So fingers crossed. Do you have a preference, Kristen, if the women is a limited series or if it's a movie? You know. I don't actually. I'm okay. a big TV fan. Warner Brothers is going towards the big screen. Oh, and okay. what I like about that is women at war is not something that traditionally Hollywood wants to spend a lot of money on mm-hmm. and wants to make a big production of. And so I, it feels very meaningful to me that they really see this as a big important film oh, yeah i, I like so good i like that and also yeah. you know because we have had how many movies and books have we had about vietnam through the eyes of men who served right. i mean this hundreds gonna... and we had china beach a tv <laughs> series Mash, for people was... if you're right. old enough. but i mean that was that's it we yeah. we have this very untold story story and here you've given hollywood the epic Treatment, and all they need to do is write the screenplay, damn it. That's that's exactly how I feel. And on top of that, how many times have we seen, you know, sort of male camaraderie during war? Yeah. So this idea of showing, I mean, I really think the beating heart of this novel is the friendship between these three women. Yes. 
who wouldn't even have been friends probably if not for the war. Right. And so I just love that this idea, this this book really, it's a classic kind of war story. It is. Um, it is just driven by the women. Oh. And I think it's time. It I do too. Big fans. And I just want to reiterate to people, um, the book isn't out yet. This would be amazing book club book. Yeah, We've sure. talked about it so much around the office. The book is The Women by Kristen Hanna. It is compelling, interesting, moving. You can't put it down. Yeah. It it does everything a book should do. And and I loved reading it. You know, some books you like to listen to, some books you like to read. This I loved reading yeah. this book. It's just yummy. Well, thank you. There's, thank you. And I will say, if you like listening, Julia Whalen does the audio of this book, and she knocks it out of the park. Um, so good. I think either format, it's just it's just a really good story. And I say that as the as an author who knows <laughs> that they're not all really great right, yeah. stories. Right. You know. You know the one I still want to be seeing on the big screen is The Great Alone. <sighs> oh. Me too. I, I did listen to that book on the way. Remember, I was driving to Montana. Yes. I drove to Montana. I didn't want to even stop and get gas. It's a 16-hour yeah. drive, Kristen. And I'm like, and then finally I called Lori, and I'm like, yeah. sobbing. I'm like, Lori, tell me what's going to happen. And she's like, I'm not telling you. Well, it's, I think that people in February, no, you are looking for books to bring on vacation right just, now. And the oh, women, like, no. this is your book to just bring. You just will only then need to bring this book. You're set. You're done. I guess I would just say, you know, be cautious about reading it on public transportation because you may be crying next to yeah. somebody. Yeah, I know. This That's is so true. true. You're so right. So, Kristen, do you like, um, do you, I, we have to ask you this, is, do you have a last great book of some, another author that you've read recently? Oh, you know what? I have loved, 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 loved uh, the Heaven and Earth Bookstore. And uh, let's see, all the sinners bleed. Those are my two favorites uh, recently. And I've just started Chris Whitaker's uh, All the Colors of the Dark. Okay. I love this first book. Okay. We love you, Chris and Anna. Love you, love you. Thank you, thank you. We love Kim Dower too, by the way. Yeah, thank you. She's, yeah, she's thank a beautiful you, woman. We love her. Thank she you. Is. She's amazing. Thank, thank you. you, you guys. I'll see you next time. Yeah, you okay, will. Bye. Thanks a lot. Okay. Uh, bye bye. Bye. All right, we're going to take a quick break. This is Lori and Julia. If you'd like a copy of the book, we do have two copies. Give us a buzz at 651 641 1071.